you have a pound, you want to make sure you make the most out of that pound. And when you go into property, because it's high capital, you are spending a lot of pounds. So you want to make sure you're using your money as effectively and as efficiently as possible. So I go through a very rigorous review process before I find a property and actually physically invest in it. And generally what I tend to do is I find areas first. Hello, welcome to Walk Finance, the podcast talking about all things finance and finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my brother, my co-host Jax. How are you, bro? I am very good. I'm always good, man. I'm, 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 I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good nowadays. Yeah, over here it's what, just about five o'clock, it's pitch black outside, it's that winter time, we're joining to the end of the year. What are your thoughts, man? How's the, how's the year been for you? Reflections? Oh, it's been, it's been, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. That's the best way to uh, put it into words. Um, I mean, for me personally, I think it's been an opportunity to reflect, um, an opportunity to kind of be still um, and, and still plan towards the future because this is temporary. Um, from In my personal circumstance, um, I've, I've been very lucky in the sense that I didn't lose employment or anything like that. So mm. I've been working from home um, full time which has come with additional benefits, I think, um, in terms of saving money um, from not having to commute to work every day. Um, time as well, you save a bit of time. So it allows me to do a few other things like read a bit more. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, there's been pros and cons, you know, some of the cons being um, obviously when you're locked down, I don't know about you, but I've had a bit of cabin fever recently. Mm. Um, so you know, so I think it's important for me to maybe start getting outside and maybe doing some running and stuff. Even though I don't like running, <laughs> you know, I was about to make a cheeky comment there, but I you got you there before That's me. So, <laughs> actually, and I'm, um, I'm, I'm in a bit of a, <clears throat> I'll say a, a similar place. I'm, I'm in a season of gratitude. There's, you know, the fact that we're still working, uh, we can still um, earn something and we can still do certain things as well, especially during this time where for a lot of people, that's not the case. So definitely in a season of gratitude, happy to get up and uh, do what we do throughout the week as well. Um, And you mentioned stuff around planning for the future as well. So that's going to be linking quite a lot to this um, episode as well, because for our listeners, um, we've got a special guest um, on today. But before introduce our list um our, our special guest just want to say a massive welcome to our listeners thank you very much for tuning in and your ongoing support to the podcast and what we do thank you for sending in those questions and what you would like to be um for us to discuss on the um episodes thank you for liking and subscribing to all what we do man we're always always in appreciation now what i'm gonna do i'm gonna introduce a special guest my brother I have a few inspirations in my life, and this is one of them. He's my church brother as well, so he's also my church brother, my fellow brother in the Lord. He's also the father of one of my godchildren, my guy, man like Palu me. A massive welcome, bro. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're making me blush. Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not skinned. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, believe me, the way I've just gassed you up, listen, it has to be a good episode. (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. If it's not not what I'm going to do, I'm just going to edit that entire introduction (laughs) and just do a next introduction. That would be a bit That is so cool. That is so cool. (laughs) That's how Um, this guy is. (laughs) Trust me, I know. (laughs) 
Uh, good to have you. Good to have you on the episode, uh, Pauline, man. It's been a long time coming. I know we've discussed having you on as well, just to hear from you and for our listeners to hear from you, but also for Jats and I to not just learn, but have a good conversation on a, on an episode like this, man. So a massive welcome and thank you for taking the time to jump onto the podcast. So we'll do what we normally do when we have um, special guests on the uh, podcast is literally hear from you. It'll be great to hear a bit more about your background, uh, what you do. Give us an introduction to your full name, what you do, um, and um, yeah, everything that you, some of the things you've got your hands in, you know? All right, yeah, well, um, first I'd just like to say, um, well done, guys, for this podcast. Um, I absolutely love it. Yeah. So uh, you guys just, I just have to big you guys up. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yeah, it's been really influential and um, it's really helped me as well. So um, please keep producing that content, keep 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 going at it. And um, so I just wanted to quickly say that before I started. Um, so, no, you're, no, you're welcome. Um, so, yeah, so me, <laughs> I'm just a humble guy. You know me, bro. I'm just a humble guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not special about me, you know what I mean? I'm just doing my team. <laughs> uh, That's why I love you, bro. <laughs> um, so, so my name is Palumi Solaro. So just to give you guys a little bit of context, Palumi Solaro. So standard, standard guy off the block. Uh, grew up in, grew up in Stockwell. Um, just me, my mom, my siblings. Um, went, did standard, you know, the standard route. Went to school. Yeah. After school, had some fun. Went to college. After high school, college. Went to university. Man, I just did the standard, you know, that standard, standard sort of like uh, uh, life cycle of growing up and then going out. You know, your your parents are like go to school, go to school. I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be an, an uh, you know, lawyer. lawyer. What's it? Doctor, lawyer, accountant, accountant. If you basically if you ain't one of them, you're 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 a waste. That's you that's the way they see it. <laughs> you're a failure. <laughs> you're a failure. So I went to went to university, did all of that stuff, and. Um, Came out with massive amounts of debt, like pretty much everyone that went to university. Mm. Um, but I love what I actually do, and, and that's one thing I think uh, I'm really, I'm really thankful for because um, I studied to be an engineer. Mm. So went to went to school, studied to be an engineer. Uh, the reason why is because I like solving problems and stuff. I really like to think analytically, and then I managed to get a job working as an engineer. So that's sort of that's been my main career. So basically in the energy industry, and then um, pretty much yeah, found the love of my life as well during that same time. Got married, had kids. Um, so yeah, my life is totally, I'm, I'm literally going through that sort of like, you know, when you, I don't know if you see the story of a man where he's a child, he grows up, grows up, becomes a, becomes a boy and then grows up, becomes an adult and then has kids and then he starts to age. I'm at that aging part <laughs> when gray hairs are coming out left, right, center. <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror in the morning I'm like, wow, what? That one went there yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, I've noticed. Yeah. I've, I've noticed the grades. Believe me, I just didn't want to say anything. Yeah, <laughs> I've still got my hair though, bruv. So that's that's the most important. Exactly. My name walking out here sniffing. You know, what I mean, I still got my hair. <laughs> so uh, I keep my hair low. So a lot of people think I'm bald. I'm like, no, 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 bro. I'm got hair. Yeah, I've got hair. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. so yeah, so that's just pretty much me. And then obviously, I've um, developed a natural passion for investing. To be honest, it came off. The cup, it was just quite random, but I always knew that I didn't want to work for the rest of my life. I always knew that that's not something I really wanted to do, mm. but I didn't know how I would achieve that. I didn't know how I would be able to get to that goal. And that's what sort of drew me into investing, that that sort of generated an interest. And I started learning a lot more about investing, yeah. um, realizing the value of it. And I've been investing ever since. And that's how I've sort of um, been able to sort of meet quite a lot of people also that engage in investing. So I, I'm not too sure if you guys, I'm sure you guys probably were, not a lot of black people invest. So mm-hmm. it's not something mm-hmm. that I was ever really exposed to. 
My yeah. mum never, no, no one in my family ever really, really knew how to do it. Mm. So I, I'm still kind of, I guess, us, us guys on this channel are still kind of seen, and probably the people listening and people that have an interest in investing, still kind of seen as an anomaly, if yeah. you know what I mean, in terms yeah. of um, your interest in, in it. And so, yeah, so that's why I think it's so good to be on these sort of platforms where you can speak to people that are like-minded and, and have a similar interest and hopefully it will spark those that may not have that interest um, to actually want to engage in it more. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty much been my sort of life story, pretty much. That's, that's amazing, Palumi, and, and I'm going to definitely draw into that a bit more. Um, Jax, Palumi mentioned that uh, developing a passion for investing, and we're going to talk a bit more about that, because I know Palumi, you've got your hands on a few different things, which we'll touch on some of them. But Jax, that point in time when, I guess, you developed a passion for investing, when, when would you say that was and why? That's, that's interesting, bro. Um... I mean, you know, my, my journey is a bit different because I've always been, as you would know, um, I've always been studying economics um, since I was the age of 16, right? So I've always had the passion for finance and economics, but I didn't have a very, very aggressive passion for investing because I didn't really understand it, mm -hmm. right? But I had the intellectual curiosity for investing because I will, you know, accidentally um, put onto the, the channel uh, 502, which is the Bloomberg channel. And I'll see all these things going around. And I'm thinking, what the heck does that mean? What's going on? Why don't I understand it? And I don't like not knowing stuff. So that's where I began just actually trying to do a bit of research. What is investing in stocks and that kind of stuff? And then when I went on a personal finance journey myself, which took place in, well, since, since I was 25. So that's what, about five years ago now. Uh, 20, 2015, reading certain books just kind of sparked that, um, that intellectual curiosity even more. And then I realized, hold on. So I can actually, I don't actually have to work for the rest of my life. I can actually do this thing called investing and be financially free, financially independent. Mm. And then it just started from there and it just compounded over time. And as you know, now, <laughs> every single day I'm talking about investing. So. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I'm, lucky, I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, I, I, I managed to do it on a day-to-day on -day basis through my career as well but also because i've got a half an educator and that's actually my biggest passion i like to educate so mm. I, I'm, I'm in a very uh, good position to actually um you know invest on a daily basis and learn about it even more amazing thanks for that bro and palumi i guess before we get into the investing part of things as well you of course uh, done engineering have you taken that uh, forward not just in your day job but other things as well um Engineering has been extremely helpful because the thing about engineering, engineering is all about problem solving. It's about breaking down and looking into things into detail because literally if you engineer something um, and it's not engineered properly, people's lives are at stake. So no one would want to go into an airplane that's not been engineered and stress tested to its utmost, uh, uh, to, to the absolute maximum. And, and it's that same ideology, that same thought process um, where you have to analytically analyze something to stress test it. And, and investing is, and it's really helped me in investing because one of the things I really found useful was that that same analytics, that same thought process to say, well, actually, no, how far can I break this before I realize that this is not a good investment or something? You know what I mean? How far can I stress test this company before stress test this asset before I know it's not a good investment? Mm. And that, and it's that same sort of ideology. And I think one of the things that really helped me as well was um, this. Uh, a lot of people don't realize the value of of um, of learning Excel. Mm. Um, Excel is very, 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 very helpful when it comes to sort of learning how to review and critique assets and investments. You're and, very good at Excel, please. Oh, I love Excel. Oh, oh, oh. 
because <laughs> I, I genuinely so i'm going a bit off topic here but i genuinely believe it's one of the biggest skills to have um for, yeah absolutely yeah it's just so amazing what Excel can do when it comes to things like macros and that kind of stuff Bro, um, that's interesting yeah yeah and, and i think it's having that ability to be able to critique and mm. analyze things on the large scale mm. um very quickly and easily and efficiently and having that ability to be able to review and stress test things to the maximum limit that helps helps me from an investment investor's point of view yeah. big thanks for that and Again, um, before we uh, go straight into, um, I guess, talking a bit more about investing, something that you've also invested your time, I guess, something into, which is your time, you've invested your time in um, uh, setting up, uh, I guess, ventures or businesses as well um, and uh, pushing that out as well. Do you want to talk a bit more about some of the, I guess, that journey into setting up uh, some of those businesses and what those look like? Oh, yeah. Um, So... So one of the things I've really thought about is how do we, how do you structure all your investments? It's not about literally a lot of people generally tend to think it's about money you put in, um, which mm. is part, is part of the equation. I'm not going to deny that, but it's also how you structure it. And um, so how you structure it also kind of mentally allows you to mentally allows you to focus on how you actually are going to build it. And um, and so one of the things I, I I do a person for my investments is I structure them in sort of like a a sort of company format because that's that's pretty much. Well, it's pretty much the way we live is 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 a cost. Just mm-hmm. to breathe is a cost. You have to pay taxes. You have to pay bills. You know, there's a, you travel, all that stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, you have to really organize your finances to maximize opportunities when it comes to investing. And I've structured them in a way where by use, by utilizing company structure, so that my assets are kind of like in a company structure. So if you can imagine, all my assets are kind of in, in within an individual company. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so what you can say, bro? No, so yes, yes, I understand. It's like a, a company buying assets and other companies and that kind of stuff, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and, and so the benefit is you get massive tax breaks, <clears throat> which is obviously a bonus. When you pay, companies pay tax on their net, where individual, where, when you work, you pay tax on your gross. So it really makes more sense from a, a, a sort of a, a tax efficiency point of view to invest big by companies. What do you mean small sets? Big sets. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ultimate sets. Oh, <laughs> I don't know it. But people don't know this stuff for some reason. I'm like, bro, I'm telling these people, bro. Oh, my days. Listen, I hear that. But, yeah, so you have all these assets that are within it, like a company structure, and then you have like a group, uh, a company. So uh, myself and my wife, we have a holding company, and all these assets paid to the whole company. And then that holding company, they redistribute the money back into the individual assets to buy which are the best assets at a different moment in time. Mm. And so we, we've kind of built that and grown that. And so what we're trying to do is, is, is move to a structure whereby we have some sort of, because um, what, what we do is look at the long term, and we want to have a structure whereby it's actually self-sustaining and growing, self-sustaining and growing. It doesn't require any actual manual, manual intervention. It's, it's something that can, can continually grow um, and something that we can pass on as well. That's, that's mm. another thing. When you have kids, you look at inheritance, like um, you look at what you can pass on to your children, um, a physical asset. And so that's something that we can pass on to the generations that precede us. So <clears throat> that's why we sort of, that's why we, I use a sort of company structure. Um, it's really helpful. It does take a bit of learning to get an understanding of it, but once you get an understanding of it, it's, it's that you realize that it's the best way to structure your finances in terms of when you have investments and assets. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. 
big, big, big. I, I love that uh, proper powerhouse as well. So um, absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing um, that, Palumi. And let's look more into, I guess, going on a journey, looking, you've got the company structure and you're investing in uh, different assets. Um, let, let's look a bit more into those um, assets. We've mentioned, um, I guess, investing. There's, of course, different things uh, that we can invest in. And on, the, on this particular uh, podcast we talk a lot about um, investing in uh, companies uh, stocks shares etc um, one of the things that we haven't really spoken too much about is uh, property invested and I know that's something um, of an interest um, to you um, but before we actually get there um, especially for we got listeners on all different journeys right um, one thing that a lot of people do at some point of property investing or even before they go into property investing, they um, focus on, I guess, purchasing their first home to live in as a residential. So it would be good to hear more around your thoughts on the process before on that before we get into property investing. And you can talk more about uh, some of the tips, but... You know, there's tips that you're going to get when you can just go online on Google, what are the tips of buying your first property. But if having a bit more of a real discussion about what that looks like and what really to watch out for and just, yeah, your journey around that really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, my, my whole exposure to the property market was quite individual. It's only good, to be honest. Because, um, uh, like, like I mentioned, if, if, I'd known, if, I, if I'd known about property when I was a kid, I think my life would have totally changed. My life would be mm. totally different right now. If I was taught as a child, like, you know, when you're in school yeah. and you're learning calculus and algebra, and I don't use that stuff to this day. <laughs> if they told me about property, bro. <laughs> 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 I mean, bro. <laughs> bro, we guarantee, I guarantee our life would be different right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, um, so one of the things I realized was that I regret not starting earlier. That's, that's mm. probably the most. I think with anyone that does investments, it's great not starting earlier. But um, one of the things I think that's, and this is just a personal thing to people, whoever's listening, is one, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make when investing in property is that they invest with their heart, not their head. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's real. It's real. Um, people, need to, people don't realise that property is, 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 is an investment. Mm-hmm. Yes, people seem to think it's, it's there to provide a roof over your head. Yes, it does that in part, but it's real in it's real intention. Why it was created, its, it's, it's foundation, its meaning was as an investment vehicle. Um, and I think some people generally tend to blur the lines between shelter and actually investment vehicle. Some just focus to- entirely on shelter, while others don't focus on the fact that it's an investment vehicle. That's mm-hmm. what it's suitable. The reason why a bank will lend you money is because they believe that it will pay itself back. So if a bank is willing to lend you a mortgage, but they know that this is a good investment, that this is a good investment that will pay that money back in addition to the interest. So they expect to make a profit. And that's what people really need to see. And so when I went, my original first experience when I went into the, uh, into the property investing was the fact that I kind of had a bit of knowledge that I was going to invest with my head, not my heart. So I didn't want to. So what a lot of people generally tend to do is they invest, they invest, and this is, they invest with, um, and this is all due to the, the lack of knowledge, probably, when they're going to the, into the investment process was that they invest knowing that, oh, this is this is what I want. This is what this is. This is this is luxury. This one looks good. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. This is luxury. This looks beautiful. This is something that as soon as people walk in through the door, they're going to be like, oh, and ah, do you know what I mean? What type of thing. And I always knew that something, in t- this is because when I started investing, when I bought my first property, I wasn't really heavy in investing, but I knew that, I knew that 
investing in property was an investment. It wasn't something I was going to think logically. I wasn't something I was, um, apologies, let me correct myself. It wasn't something that I was going to think about lightly. Okay. So um, I knew that I was going to look at it from an investment point of view. So, um, so ironically, I was getting married at the time. And, um, and uh, sort of me and my wife were planning our wedding. And I, and I told my wife straight. <laughs> I was like, Let me cut you off. What, what did wifey have to say about this? Because surely wifey might have, might have I don't know, um, maybe she wanted to move on her. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, she she was she was pretty supportive. She was really supportive. She agreed with me. She agreed with me. Um because... but then he has to say that, innit? Yeah. Shout out to Shay. <laughs> um me and knows, isn't it? But um, yeah, so um so I remember we'll get my me and my wife will get married and I told my wife, look, babes, I I'm not, I'm like, what is it? Do you want like a party for a day or do you want somewhere that's going to generate us income for the rest of our lives? Yeah. Uh, um, that's deep. That's deep. We have to rewind that. that rewind that sentence, please. What did you just yeah. say? Say that again. <laughs> I was like, I was like, babes. <laughs> you have to start with babes. <laughs> do you want a party for a day or do you want an asset that will generate income for the rest of your life? Hey. It didn't take her long to, to think about it. Um, and so we agreed, and thankfully we have really supportive family and we agreed that we we're going to use that money to invest in, in, in a property. So we, um, so mm. I was looking around what properties to buy and um, I noticed that, um, that at that time we were spending about, our budget was like 125K. So we didn't have a lot of money. Mm. Um, so we found a flat in, um, in Sydenham and I was like, I love Sydenham. Mm. Um, it was a really good area because I, I used to go to school, um, college in Lucian. Christ the King, shout out to all the Christ the King people. And um, so I knew the Lucian sort of borough really well. And I knew that was an area that was popping um, because of all the development that they were doing. So bought in, bought Sydney in hindsight, bought a two bed flat, uh, nice flat, um, um, really good, really good investment. Bought it for 125K. It's, it's a joke now as well. If you think back, you could buy a property for 125K in London. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that's a laugh. Pulumi, just uh, to just uh, stop you off there, just for um, I guess some li- as I said, some listeners are a different journey. When you say you um, your budget was one hundred and twenty five k, that obviously doesn't mean you uh, you had one hundred and twenty five k in cash. Can you talk a bit more about that? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, when you buy property, um, what you do is you put down a deposit. So a lot of people generally tend to assume that that you own the property. You don't own the property. The bank owns the property. Mm-hmm. Um, you are just a holder. That's what, uh, so people, I think people tend to, um, tend to confuse the, that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so, um, so what happens, you have a deposit, so you, you, you put up the initial amount and then the bank um, lends you the difference. So if they say, for example, the house is 100K, you put up a 10, 10% deposit, which is 10K, and then the bank will lend you 90K. Yeah. And then that combined makes up the 100K, which you then buy the house, which you then use to buy the house. Yeah. So you, yeah, so you in theory own just 10% of the asset, 10% of the property, the bank own 90% of the property. But um, for some reason in today's society, we tend to confuse that you putting up 10% means that you own the actual asset itself. No, mm. there's a confusion. That's what a lot of people don't tend to realize is that actually you are the holder. You don't own it. Yeah. Whoever, is, whoever owns it is if you don't pay, who takes it away? <laughs> that's what was it cool thanks for that uh, so yeah you've got your two bed uh, flat in uh, uh, Sydney yeah so two bed flat did it up um, 
like from the ground. You know when you you do when you you do something with your bare hands. You know, like everyone build up from 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 the ground up, and then um and then it so happened to be that um and so what happened actually is a funny story was that because uh, I knew about investing, but I didn't really know that much. So I actually hired a financial advisor. I was like, ah, man, I need to know what I'm doing with my money. And then I went to a financial advisor, and the financial advisor told me about like equity and all this stuff. Like you could you could take money out of your property, use it to buy more property. I was like, what? Yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Equity. Man, like, you, you know when someone's talking gibberish, it's like you're in a, a calculator, a math, math class. Yeah. <laughs> and then, bro, um, then I was like, you know what? I'm going to invest in this. I said, let me invest in a financial advisor. So I invested in a financial advisor. And then, and then, bro, when I when I went through the whole process of um, taking equity out, so what equity is, let's say, for example, if the house is 100,000 and then... Um, you buy a hundred thousand, and then it's now worth a hundred and it's two hundred thousand. You've made a hundred thousand, so you can take that money out and yeah. use it to buy other properties. Yeah. And so um, a property went up in value. We took our equity. The financial advisor was like, "I'll take our equity." I was like, "I don't know what this is, but I'm going to do it anyway." <laughs> took our equity, and then we bought another one. And and, and, and bro, I, I, that's the first time I've ever seen. You know, when you open up a bank account, you see just bare zeros. Mm -hmm. That's the first time I saw so many zeros without thinking I have to work for that. Wow. I just I just invested it and I said to myself, Lord, this is what you want me to do. So <laughs> revelation. Revelation, bro. Like, like the sky opened, bro. That's what you like. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I said, Kai, hey, so this is how these people have been doing it all these years. Yeah, this yeah. is the secret. <laughs> oh man. Most people build a, a strong property portfolio through equity release. Oh yes, absolutely, bro. And I, yeah, absolutely. And and but the thing is, is that unless you like, I, what really, what really burned me was the fact that it took me on. It had to be in a position where I actually saw that money in my bank account for me mm. to realize yeah. the value of this knowledge. Mm. And then that's when I went learning crazy. I bought every single book I could find. I went on every single training course that I could find. I did pretty much anything to invest in my knowledge of investing. And well, then, um, just, just not to cut you off there, but this is the thing, right? Things like equity release, unless someone in your family is doing it, and, and yeah. I don't know, no one in my family bought a property in the UK anyway. Mm. They all built houses in Ghana. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, where on earth are we going to hear the term equity release from? Sure. Not, unless unless you're proactive like yourself, to get a financial advisor who advises you about equity release, mm. how on earth are you going to hear it? Mm. Unless they listen to what finance? Yeah, I love the flex. Like that. that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. Um, so yeah. So definitely, um, definitely. Actually, on that point as well, um, I've got um, a social media account. Um, how to invest for income as, as well. So I forgot to plug that actually. Yeah, so I'm just gonna put that in there now. Yes, um, so thanks for that reminder, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about that as well because I think your approach to investing is very interesting from the first oh, day thank I you. to you uh, where you know you focus a lot on investing for income now I talk about various styles of investing as you would know but investing for cash flow and investing for income I find that very very interesting I call that real investing so mm. we can touch on that a bit later oh yeah. thank you thank you exactly and again um, yeah please um, you, it's important that our listeners know where our guests are coming from what you have to offer as well because when uh, Jax and I um, decided who to invite to join, it's all about what value they also add uh, to the world. And you add a lot of value, uh, Pulimi, so it's important our listeners know who you are, what you're doing, and they can follow you on your own platforms as well. And just because I know we're about to, you, you've uh, released the equity, you've got a decent uh, sum of cash, and then that's a, 
do correct me if I'm wrong, that's essentially when you actually start your property investing journey, essentially. And um, before we get onto that, just uh, very quickly, when you got that first uh, flat as well, so you had the deposit, right? You've uh, put that together. You know, when someone's thinking about that, they're thinking, oh, yeah, they've got the 10% uh, deposit on, let's say, a 100K um, flat. They've got the 10K, but there's so much more that goes into it. Um, 10K is not going to uh, essentially put you inside that property. What else do people need to watch out for and take into consideration when they're preparing and saving? Um, yeah, um, I'll say tax, stamp duty, um, legal fees, um, and any work, any money that you need to spend to do out the property. The thing is, is that sometimes I tend to tend, I tend to be uh, that the thing is those those issues those sort of things can put people off because they think oh now I have to put fifteen I have to raise twenty k and I'm like mm-hmm. to me I think that the main thing is secure the asset secure the asset yeah the rest will come <laughs> um, the rest will come yeah exactly yeah people think people think on their feet when they're under when they're under pressure so people will be people will think of crazy ways um, legal ways but I might add to um, generate. <laughs> money so um so i think the main thing is to secure the asset but you do have to take into consideration things such as um uh legal fees stamp duty and any works any money you need to do at the property so that has to be taken into consideration when doing it but if you're in it for the long run um um i I would say that focus on securing the asset get assets secure the asset um and the rest will flow um you, you still have to plan but Make sure you secure the asset. That's the, that's the most important part. Catch the ball. Okay. Would you, would you would you like? Is there like a I don't know a random like formula um, that you can I don't know like should you save an additional ten percent of your deposit something like that or is more you know just save a little buffer? Um, yeah. It's a difficult one because every property is different. So some property might like a lot of work, might need a lot of work, while other properties may um, need very little work. It's really the renovation costs. So if you like a standard legal fee, maybe about you probably put a grant to that. If the properties are really expensive, mm-hmm. let's say if the property is like hundreds to hundreds of thousands, then your stamp duty bill is going to be quite high. So you do, it, it, but if the property is quite cheap, it's a low value property, then the stamp duty is going to be a lot, low, lot lower. So you do have to kind of look at the value of the property and the type of work that needs to be involved. So to apply a formula would be quite difficult because the scale is so sporadic. So if, let's say, for example, if you had a, a property that requires a lot of work, mm-hmm. uh, you, you basically have to calculate it for every type of property. That's what I would say um, in order for you to get a real clear picture. But it would be a couple of a couple of thousands above what you've already saved in terms of deposit. There's no doubt about that. Cool. cool. Thanks for that, Palumi. And of course, you you say you got the uh, two bed uh, flat in um, Signum. Uh, for listeners that are not based in the UK, that's of course uh, Southeast London, not Southwest, yeah. Southeast London. Yeah, Southeast. Um, any particular reason why that location, Palumi? Yeah, so um, I knew the Lewisham area quite well. I knew they were doing a lot of renovation um, and um, and um, development in that area. And um, one of the things that I also liked was the size of the property. So it was a, uh, it was a good rental. Um, it was in a good rental location. Mm. And so um, so what I wanted to do was buy the property to rent it out. That was more of my intention. That's why I told my wife. I said, look, we're buying this to rent it out. Mm. And I remember, I remember when people came over to the property, um, I had a couple of smirky comments from what? people yeah yeah just like because it was an ex-local it was an ex-local property mm. yeah and and and, and 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 um and i remember saying like well why are you buying an ex-local property and i said trust me auntie i've got a plan you yeah. know what i mean 
And then auntie, auntie always has something to say. Auntie always has something to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you know they like you know you know the elders. They like style. They like they like you know you know you guys know what you know what I mean. Um, and so um, and so yeah. So I I knew it was gonna be in, it had a good rental demand, mm. and so and that's one of the things that this is go back to that point where uh, people really understand is that when you buy property, you value the property on the income it generates, on the assets and the cash flow. Okay. So so. Um, so that property should be worth more than what it was worth because it was good. The rent from that property, if I was to rent it out, I could rent it out for a lot more. I could, the rent I would get for it is a lot more higher in relation to the price and rent ratios of other properties in the UK. Mm. So it should actually be worth more. So I bought it at a bargain in, in that sense. So um, so we did it up, lived there for a bit, rented it out, and then took equity out and then bought another one. I repeated that process and bought more and more and more and more. And that's kind of like how we developed. That's how I sort of grew my property portfolio. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much how it worked, how, how it all went. Just like Monopoly. That's it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> our, our, our favorite game. <laughs> you know, because I think a lot of people, when they think about creating a property portfolio, they think it's pretty difficult to do because it's, it's let's be honest, it's difficult to save up what? Uh, a, a huge a deposit to buy one property, let alone buy a second one and a third one and a fourth one, etc. But actually, there are strategies and there's ways to do things um, in a much more effective and efficient way. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a very, very valuable uh, um, piece of education for our listeners to know that it's not just about just saving money, it's about using strategies such as equity release and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. Some people, like, when you look at... Properties is, is very mass-based. And <clears throat> the intention for property is that you put in as least money as possible and you borrow as much as possible. Mm. And so not to get too overly complicated, but the intention is that you try to put in as least as possible. And sometimes what a lot of people want to do is put in as much as possible, which mm. kind of confuses me because you are, let's say, for example, you rent, you buy a property. Like, who would want to buy a property for a pound that rents out for £1,000? <laughs> but the bank is saying no you can't put in a pound back in the day in our parents day they could do that Par- yeah. our parents back in the day they could get 100% mortgages mm. where they didn't even need to put down a deposit I need to have a word with my mum I know bro I had one with mine trust me <laughs> I love my mom. I love my mom, but she 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 told me like, look, it was it was different at those times. It was different. Um, <laughs> that's that's what we could do. Is just laugh, that's man, because those times are long gone. <laughs> long gone, long gone. But I had to let them know in it. <laughs> uh, so, oh gosh. So you like, if you could buy property for a pound, you would. But you can't. Yeah. You have to put deposit. So the intention is to try and maximize, minimize your deposit and maximize your cash flow and maximize the income that asset generates. And the greater the disparity between the two numbers, the greater the return that property provides you. And it's looking for those type of properties. That's that's pretty much the target. You look for those type of properties. So especially, um, especially in this kind of environment, believe me, as in an yeah. environment where interest rates are um, at their lowest, um, would you say this is like one of the best times to actually be borrowing um, and increasing your your um, your loan to value? And that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I would I would say that um, it's difficult because uh, with because COVID nineteen, it's sort of a whole new sort of um, a whole new ball game. A whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's a whole new ball game. And so um, a lot of properties that were renting were like student lets, student accommodation. So if you're someone that's in, 
in an area that's um, that's in, the, in that sort of market, you're probably being you're probably struggling right now, especially people in commercial. Um, so residential has always been quite strong, yeah. and it'll always be so. Uh, some of the best sort of res- residential is quite defensive, sort yeah. of um, um, sort it's of. Like it's safe, isn't it? When it comes to stocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's quite expensive because there's always demand for residential. Um, But when you go into more cyclical, like student lets and commercial, um, there's a bit more risk, but the returns are higher. There's a bit more risk, but the returns are higher. So um, I'll definitely say that residential, yes, if you're able to expand your residential, but if you're looking at commercial or looking at any any other type of um, uh, uh, sort of residential uh, um, and any type of um, property investing, not to say it won't work, not to say it's not a bad thing, just do your research before you go in and make sure that it's a good and safe investment and that you'll make a return. Yeah, just do, just carry out more due diligence, that's it. And um, Pauline, before we, because it sounds um, amazing that you was able to, when you released um, Equity and you got onto your second property, and repeated the process and uh, got onto um, another property and so on, it'll be good to talk more about that process and what you're going through. And of course, you're still on a journey as well, so you're probably still going through this as well, but what your mindset is like. But before actually going that, we mentioned earlier, we made a joke about it, you know, when your aunties and so and uncles uh, came over and made snarly uh, comments. And also a question to you, Jax, first, if you don't mind, let's see. Around that time, when you are, you know, um, in investing and just uh, sticking towards a plan, how do you make sure you stay steadfast in, in that plan? Because we don't just get pressure from family members. We see on social media, all of that stuff. How do you make sure you stay to your, on your purpose? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, I'm a bit biased because I'm a very hard-hearted person, <laughs> so it's, it's it's very difficult to uh, change my mind when I'm when I've already made a decision, um, and because I trust my ability to pick um, great companies. Mm. So and, and yes, it is very difficult when you know you are um, on, on social media and you're catching a lot of people talking about, let's say, the next um, hot stock. You know that everybody's buying, all these retail investors are buying, and. Mm. Going up every single day, and everyone's getting excited, and the confirmation bias is just being heightened. It's very interesting. It's, 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 I find it hilarious to be really honest, but it scares me a lot as well because mm. nowadays there's a lot of retail investors coming into the market thinking they could come and make a quick buck. Um, for me, the most important thing, um, as, as, as Pulumi alluded to, is due diligence and actually making a plan before you even invest in the first place. Do you understand your objectives? Do you even understand the risk that you're taking when you make a specific type of investment? That's regardless of the asset class, regardless of whether we're talking about stocks or, or property, do you really understand the risk to reward ratio and that kind of stuff? And, and that's the easiest way to do it. Just stick into a plan in everything you plan. If you fail to plan or prepare, you prepare to fail. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. What about you, Pili? Did you have anything to add to that? Is that pretty much your approach as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I totally agree. Is um, uh, lack of lack of preparation. Um, I'll say it's 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 that and mixture of and also education, lack mm. of education, and and that's what a lot of people do is they they venture into these things not knowing what to do, and and in hindsight, that's not necessarily that's not necessarily their fault. It's just again, it goes it goes in part and bundle with the with the whole preparation. So before you take that leap, make sure you educate yourself, study, yeah. learn, and. And then also don't go in heavy, go in light, mm. understand, understand how it works, understand the practices, the languages, and then expand as you become more comfortable and confident in, 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 in that arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, people don't go all guns blazing. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Rambo, innit? Rambo, bro. 
Please, for my sake, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't get the, the thing is, I think Rambo survives in the movie, so it's a bit of an illusion. <laughs> oh my gosh, Commando. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, I hear that. And, um, really, really useful. And uh, Palumi, you spoke about um, education, and you alluded to it um, before. What does that actually look like? Is there a particular, I don't know, course or uh, book or something that you actually done for our, our, our listeners, I guess? Um, yeah, so um, I can't. I, I did multiple courses. Mm. Like um, I was a good website I went on, which was Udemy. I don't know if anyone's heard of Udemy. It's like it, oh, it right? U- U- Udemy, Udemy, Udemy. That's Udemy. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Udemy. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna edit that out. You completely said it wrong. But carry on, believe me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like. I don't know. I thought to myself, oh, is it? How do you pronounce it? I don't know. ODB. Is it ODB or I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely that was a good website in terms of just the sprite and just the, the, the choice of different courses. Mm. Um, I think another, I can't remember a couple. There were a couple which I spent a bit more money on. Yeah. Um, which was, um, I think, uh, like, some I forgot what the name was it property investment network or something like that. Pin, mm. pin, it might be pin. Um, oh, I think, I think it might be. Yeah, it might be pin. It's provided. It's, it's called a property investments network, and it's provided by a guy called Simon Zucci, who's got a very uh, educative book. Um, I think it's called Property Magic. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might have gone on one of those ones. Um, like, bro, I was, I was just going. I was just at that point where I was trying to get as much knowledge as I can. Mm. And so I was, uh, what I'd like to do is I like to, and this, I think this is coming back from my um, sort of engineering background is I like to look at different perspectives. Mm. So one person may say, this is the way you do it. And another person may say, this is the way you do it. And so I like to see contrast and views. I like it when people debate on which is the best way, because it's really good to see, um, it's really good to see their different perspectives and it opens your eyes and thoughts, thoughts to oh, there may be another way or there may be other opportunities. So mm. that's why I went for multiple, um, multiple courses because I really want to see that. I read quite a few um, few books. Um, there's one book I really like, which was uh, Property Tax. Mm. Um, it's a tax cafe. Check those guys out. Those guys drop a lot of knowledge on tax, and property, etc. Let me sorry. Do you find that there are a lot of the books that, you know, I mean, in my journey, when I started my personal finance journey about five years ago, and I started reading books, you know, you start with the typical richest man in Babylon, or the rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know about you, but I've, I struggled to some extent to find books that were suited to UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK residents. Yeah. You find that, that, that challenging? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's not so bad in the, in the property game. Um, definitely in, the shares or sort of equities market is very US heavy. Yeah. Uh, you do get some UK sort of orientated books, but but yeah, it is generally sided towards the US. Well, I think I know what I'll be doing next year. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's more sided to the US, though definitely. Awesome. Uh, thanks for that, uh, P. I'm sure our li- listeners can hopefully feel inspired to check some of that out if they just want to. I guess. Um, build up their knowledge in this space so talk to us a bit more about the uh p- property investing there Palumi. you've got into these properties what is your thought process i mean you've got one uh flat and then going on to another and uh, for some people uh, uh that could seem like a big big thing and it is a it is a big thing let's not like downplay or anything like that but what's your sort of thought process on going into that your mentality your mindset um, and then also maybe uh, some tips on how you approach things as well what makes you get onto this property in this particular place with this amount of rooms or whatever? 
Yeah, um, so I, I have a very rigorous uh, rigorous process before I go and buy property. Uh, the reason why is that you have a pound, you want to make sure you make the most out of that pound. And when you go into property, because it's high capital, you are spending a lot of pounds. So you want to make sure you're using your money as effectively and as efficiently as possible. So I go through a very rigorous review process before I find a property and actually physically invest in it. And generally what I tend to do is I find areas first. Areas are the most influential. So let's say, for example, you have a map of the UK and you're looking at the UK and say, well, where is the best place for me to put my money? And and so I then assess the market, look at the market to identify, firstly, what are the best areas? Um, and then I then identify the area, go into that area, search for properties in that area to find the best property, and then I buy that property. That's kind of like, you kind of have like a staircasing process. So you okay. find the area, the geographical area, then after you find a geographical area, you find the best type of property in that area. After you find the best type of property in that area, you then secure that asset. If that, if that hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, so how I kind of do that is I firstly look at what is it that drives value of property. So I want to invest in the property. It's the best property in the UK. What is that? What What am I looking for? I'm looking for the property that will generate me the most income for the least amount of initial investment, and I'm able to grow that income. So the so what I try to do is I look at sort of I look at sort of rental rates. So I look at rental demand, look at rental rates. I look at areas where um, are the are, do these properties stay in the market for very long mm. when they're out for rent. Properties or areas that do not stay up for rent, um, areas where a property is advertised and it shifts very quickly shows me that there's massive demand. And when you get massive demand, you get growing rates. Um, then I also look at areas that are, um, then based on the rental demand, so I always look at the income first. Then based on the rental demand, once I find the rental demand, then I look to myself, then I think to myself, okay, this then allows me to assess the value, allows me to assess the local rental prices, the local property prices. And that allows me to really kind of get a really good understanding of which which properties are going to offer me the great greatest disparity between income and least and, and a minimal capital investment, mm. but also during that whole process, I also look at um, where the opportunities where I can grow the rent. So let's say for example HMOs, am I able to convert this to a HMO? Mm. Am I able to utilize the floor area more effectively to be able to maximize the rental income? Um, and, and and that sort of goes into that that also goes into the mix as well, and that then allows me to be able to identify okay where's the best area, where's the best type of property, and um, at the right price and the best price for me to be able to achieve um, the, the the return on investment that I want to make uh, based on the rental demand in that area. Yeah, that's kind of like the thought process that I go through uh, when when sort of when looking into it, when sort of taking that investment sort of plunge. And I'm always going to look for properties. I'm always hungry for properties because it makes more financial sense to invest in property than to actually um, than to actually uh, uh, save money. So I don't like to hold cash. Uh, so if I ever have a chance to, I always invest in the asset. So I've invested in equities or I invest in different different areas and property. So if I have the opportunity to buy property, I always buy property. I'm always thinking about next property, next property, next property. And so as I buy them and I take out and I do them up and I take out the equity, then I just buy the next, do them up, take out the equity, buy the next, do them up, take out the equity. Yes, and I just repeat yes. the process. This is interesting. So I've got a question, Pulumi. So for investors like myself who are um, predominantly in the stock market, because obviously that's what I understand the best. Um, and, you know, one of, one of the things um, I, I want to say has put me off property because I'm definitely not put off property, but I'll say one of the things that I consider, and I'm sure a lot of people consider when they're buying properties is, is I can buy a stock for a very small amount of, of money, right? Um, yeah. There's a lot of liquidity. And, and in fact, nowadays you can even do fractional shares and that kind of stuff, right? But when we're buying property, 
as you said, it requires a bigger um, amount of money to be laid down. Okay. Yeah. That deters quite a lot of people. So I guess my question is, how do we build that confidence to know? Because look, if I buy a bad stock today, I can sell it tomorrow. Mm. Right. But if I buy a bad property, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the liquidity is just not there. So I guess my question is, how do we build that confidence? You know, is it, is it things like getting a mentor or how did you do it? I guess that's my question. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I didn't really have a mentor. Well, yeah, no, I didn't really have a mentor. And I, 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 I really wish I did because I think it would have made life a lot more easier. But um, to be honest, God was my mentor. Um, <laughs> he was my mentor. Yeah. He guided me and mentored that. So um, I think, I personally think, and this is something I've really talked about because I know we're both in that sort of that, that sort of area where we're trying to educate people yeah. to invest. And one thing I've realised is that, and, and I was partially, I, I, I succumbed to this myself, mm-hmm. and I realised that, People don't really see the value until they see the until they see the benefit. Oh yes, mm. oh yes. I, I second that. I third that. I fourth that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Moved by sight. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're all visual. Very visual. We don't see the value. We can't. We, we struggle as humans. Uh, just generally, we struggle to really comprehend um, the assess value unless we actually physically. So people would look at, so if you told someone about a Merc, a Mercedes Benz, and it looked like this, et cetera, et cetera, and it had this many trims, people wouldn't really understand what you're talking about. But mm. if they see it in the flesh, then they're yeah. like, oh, I want that, if you know what I mean. Or they see someone that they know that has it, then they're like, okay, well, if you can get it, I can definitely get it. Yeah. But with assets and equities, because it's not something necessarily physical or tangible, um, that's, that's let's say, for example, classed as a, a, a desirable um, to, to just general people, it's quite difficult for people to really grasp the concept of this is actually generating you, this can generate you an income, generate you a return. And I also generally tend to think that it's also, there's, there's, there's a mixture of things, bro, because I really thought about this. I think culturally, mm-hmm. um, there's a challenge. Uh, culturally, when you, t- when I took, when I speak to people in my culture about money, there's always this sort of stigma. Yes. Um, and that's, I think that's a real barrier. Um, in our culture, it's, it's, it's kind of seen as a taboo to talk about money. Um, and I think that's due to multiple things. I think that's partially due to, uh, the, due to sort of um, specifically conception of money, specifically in, in abroad, in our home, because there's a lot of corruption. A lot of people say there's a lot of corruption and stuff like that. And so generally there's a negative connotation. If someone's wealthy, it's because they've, they've stolen the money, not necessarily because they work hard to obtain that money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also lack of education is also key. There's a multitude of different reasons why it's very difficult to get people to understand or see the value. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, have, and also I believe a lot of people are just visual. So they don't really understand the concept until they see that money in their account. Yes. And yeah, until they see those zeros, bro, they're not, they're, a lot of people aren't interested. Yeah. Um, and then it's trying to figure out how do you convince those people? And, and I think also fear, fear is a big, fear is also oh, a big yeah. obstacle. Yeah. Some people want to, some people want to invest, but money has this hold over them. It stops them from really wanting to take that leap. So they value their money more than actually they value this potential asset. I, I think, you know what? I, I think, it's, and this is something I had to battle with myself, right? Even with all the knowledge I picked up from education and, and all the exams I've taken. But actually, coming from a low-income working-class background, not you know, it took... I mean, the first day I ever saw £10,000, I nearly collapsed. Mm, yeah. I jacked a pocket £10,000. <laughs> Little jacked a pocket, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mm. want to hold on to it so badly. Mm. I don't want to put into anything that can lose value. What? What do you Absolutely. mean? I, was, I just want to keep in my savings account mm. look at it every day and mm. smile. Yeah. Even, the way, even the way that I walk changed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed a spring in your step a few years ago. 
so yeah, it, it, it's very interesting, and I guess it's it's a journey. It's a journey, and I think what we're doing is 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 kind of bringing certain things to learn and actually um, adding value to society by education and also being role models and saying, look, it can be done, and trying to break those barriers. Absolutely, definitely, and it's 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 something that I think over time people will start to sort of just become more comfortable with. I think I think for me, one of the things I'm trying to do is 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 you have to get people when they're young. When when people are older, they're mm-hmm. setting their ways. It's really difficult to be able to convince them otherwise. Yeah. Um, so that's it's really trying to get people when they're young. Hmm? That's what what finance is all about. That's that's, that's what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah, get them when they're young. So all the um, so I'm like sort of I'm trying to sort of sign up to things like mentoring. So I really want to mentor these young. Um, young boys to talk yeah. about look these are opportunities think about these things you know there's a lot of stuff that young um, young young boys get up to and it's like okay you know what I, I, there's other ways to be able to convince there's them other ways. Yeah. yeah yeah there's other things that can actually do more for you guys so um, so stuff like that just to be able to educate people and share that knowledge and share that information well I, I went me and, me and myself and Peter on, on behalf of World Finance we went to speak to um, we went into a prison to give a talk about financial education. Oh, that was, wow. Yeah, that was in 2018. I remember it very well. And I was speaking to some of these guys, some, a lot of them were quite young, and they were just like, oh, so you can actually, you know, make money in property and, and you can actually do things like, and it's like, yeah, it's, you, know, you don't have to engage in criminal activities to make money. Yeah. Why yeah. would you take that level of risk? Look where it's ended you. Like, that, that mm-hmm. risk didn't pay off. It's better to lose money taking a, a bad investment than to lose your freedom. And, and they really enjoyed it and I think myself and Peter we will be going back to do something similar at some point oh yeah well absolutely done. and um, Palumi uh, we just finished a programme with a group of young people as well and property investors of course one of the things we covered and you mentioned uh, potentially mentoring it would be great to get you involved at some stage later on oh. in the future because um, yeah. we've got yeah a few young people that I would definitely love to had that support um, as well. Um, so thank you very much uh, for that, Palumi. And I guess uh, around, uh, just uh, touching again on uh, property investing in, in general, of course, I think we'll probably need a whole nother episode um, on this because we can go on forever around this. And I'm sure me and Jackson have so many questions on this. But what are some of the, I'll say, well, risk or things to watch out for. You mentioned don't go all guns blazing. But if someone's right now gassed saying, oh, I'm going to educate myself in property investing, so this time in 18 months, I'm going to just start it. What are some of the things that we should be aware of? Or, what, uh, or even a better way of answering that, what are some of the things that you've learned that you wish you knew before you started property investing? That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Um, value a house based on what it can generate in rental income, not, one is, what, not what someone's willing to sell it for. Hmm. Go into a bit more into that. 